Good morning. Um, I'm, I'm very croaky. I have not sung for probably about two years now. That's not true, is it? We all sing at home online, but it's, you can tell the difference from singing normally to this croaky voice that's coming out. So I do apologize a little bit this morning. I do have some water, so that's great. Um, you know, a couple of years ago, I was in a cafe with a friend. Uh, it was just before Christmas, and I was absolutely delighted with myself because in about September, I'd seen the perfect present for her. So I'd bought this present and I'd wrapped it up and I'd sat on it until Christmas, okay? And just as we were about to leave the cafe, I put my hand in my bag and went, don't open it until Christmas. And I could see this look of horror, poor horror on my friend's face because clearly she did not have anything for me because she went, um, I, I, I've forgotten yours. Can I pop it in before Christmas? And she was mortified for the simple reason that she had nothing to give in return. We often have this desire to reciprocate, to be generous to the people who are generous towards us. And sometimes if you're anything like me, they're generous towards us and you have to give them something that matches backwards. You know, even if you don't like them, sorry, that's, that's just me, all right. Or sometimes our generosity comes with definite limits. Okay, so where I come from, you invite someone round twice, and if they say no the second time, well, you don't invite them again, do you? Because frankly, inviting someone twice is enough. You know, it's not out of nastiness, it's just that's the way our culture is. But if we are only ever inviting people back who invite us to, to reciprocate, what does that mean for the people who have fallen on hard times or who find themselves isolated from us as friends or family? Christians Against Poverty, or CAP for short, partners with churches like this. And it, it is to help them serve and provide life-changing support to those who otherwise might be overlooked. As Scott said, my name is Melanie Kilburn, and I have the privilege of working with CAP to help people in my community in the west side of Edinburgh. Today, I want to look at Jesus' approach to generosity, his instructions on how to host a feast. I'm going to read to you a little bit of the passage that we've already heard from Luke 14, 12 to 14. We had the scene set earlier in the earlier verses. Jesus is dining at the house of an important Pharisee. The guy has invited all his friends and they know the pecking order, okay? They've jostled for the places to get to the best bits of the, at the table. The Pharisee's culture was to invite the important people, those who could reciprocate and maybe help them on the social ladder. But Jesus tears this idea apart and he turns it round and he embarrassingly tells the Pharisees in front of all his friends how he should have organized the party. Then Jesus said to his host, when you give a luncheon or dinner, do not invite your friends, your brothers, your sisters, your relatives or your rich neighbors. If you do, they may invite you back and so you will be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. 
When Jesus is talking about a dinner here, he's talking about more than a physical meal. He's, it's code for the kingdom of God. He's making his point about the way that God's kingdom works, the way that God's love works. There's a human way of loving, which is reciprocal. And then there's a God way of loving, which is relentlessly generous. Relentlessly generous. God's love to us, it's relentless. He's making a point that this is the way the kingdom works. This is the love that we see in Jesus. That's the love he's talking about here. So if, God's, if God is relentlessly generous in his love to us, how should we respond? So obviously we can and we should love him back, but what we're compelled to do from Jesus' teaching is love others, to join him in a life of generosity, especially to those who find themselves struggling, isolated, overlooked. It's what flows out of the heart of the gospel. Now, I'm sure that you've experienced some isolation, loneliness, struggles in the events of the last two years. I certainly have. The hard truth is that for those in poverty, this isolation was often an everyday experience, even before the pandemic, but without the Zoom quizzes and the family catch-ups. A recent survey of those who've... Sorry, this... This is a real statistic here, and a statistic means people, okay, so I'm sorry if I get upset about this, but I love them. A recent survey says that those who have been helped by CAP found that before they were helped, 75% had experienced loneliness or social isolation due to their circumstances. As part of my role, I visit people in their homes, and I meet people who say, I don't see my family in case they ask me how I am. And I can't hide that something's wrong and I would be so embarrassed if they found out that I was in debt. What I love about CAP is, is it enables me and my church to provide these people with life-changing practical support. But it also gives us an opportunity to invite them into our community. You have this opportunity too. And now I'm going to embarrass my friends. I'm going to introduce you to Fiona, but also to Maureen and Stephen. Do you want to come and stand in the middle here so everybody up there can see you? Come on, let's embarrass you. So Stephen and Maureen and Fiona, there you go. You're going to wave now, because I can't see you. There's more people up there. Okay, Stephen and Fiona and Maureen are debt coaches, and they work at the Fourth Valley Debt Centre. And we are celebrating today that you are now part of the Fourth Valley Debt Centre. Okay. So you can all go and sit down now. <laughs> just a, I hadn't told them that I was going to make them do that, so there, there you go. So just so they know their faces. These are the guys that you're going to be working with as you move forward. I'm going to show you a client video now, um, and I'm going to let Simon from that video tell you his story. Mum. Now deceased wife uh, used to look after the finances uh, she was the one that was good with the money where I wasn't and I'd built up quite a lot of severe debt unmanageable debt so I was living in fear of 
eviction. I'd been served with an eviction notice from my landlords. I didn't see a way forward. I didn't see a way out of it. Um, so I decided oh, I just tried to end it all. It was actually my landlords who'd mentioned Christians Against Poverty. They fast-tracked me and my deck coach, Jim, arrived in my doorstep. Nobody had crossed the threshold. Um, I'd been living there, I think I'd been there nearly two years. So the biggest difference that Christians Against Poverty's process made for me was that it was house visits. By the July of 2016, I got that wonderful telephone call from headquarters at CAP, where they said, Mr. Moss, you are now debt free and played the harmonicas. And that's one of the greatest sounds I've ever heard. I then um, went on a cap event where I came to faith. This lady put her hands on, the sh on my shoulder and prayed for me. Just felt an overwhelming sense of calm and peace and love and warmth that I've never experienced before. And I just knew, I just knew that what it was and committed my life to Jesus there and then. On a Sunday, I can't wait to get up for service. I just love the church family that I've got. We're brothers and sisters in Christ, but we're, we're closer than blood. Um, and we support each other. We live our lives for each other. We're there for each other. And I praise God and thank God for that day that I now know he watched over me when I tried to end it all. And he said, no, mate, you're not going yet. You've got lots to do. felt such um, an overwhelming sense of wanting to give something back. It's turned my life around 180 degrees, um, completely structureless to you know, having a real purpose in life now. Both of my sons in conversation saw the difference that coming to faith had made to me. Daz came up first. He was in minor crime, so he'd been in and out of prison. Anyway, he came to the service, sat at the back, listened intently. We happened to be having that evening some baptisms in Newcastle, so he chose to come along and get baptised. And I've never felt so proud in all my life. It was the proudest moment. Sorry. 
obviously it was a tragic situation for us, for the family. But the blessings for me personally is that he's found Jesus and he's taken, being taken to glory um, with his maker. And he's sat up there and he's looking down on us. And I'm sure he's proud of what his dad's doing. Life can still be uh, tough, but I know that I've always got my church family around me to support me. And I know that I've always got Jesus as my best friend. And as it says, my superhero. <laughs>
So please, if you're just interested in hearing more about our project, then fill this in and give it to Fiona or Stephen or Maureen or me. The other thing is if you want to hear more about the charity, we have some books of John Kirkby, who is our founder. It's his um, autobiography and they're free. Okay, you don't have to pay anything for these. And there's also some stories of clients in a book called um, Joy, Stories of Joy, Stories of Hope. I can't even remember what the book's called. There you go. How embarrassing is that? <laughs> Each year, over 2,000 people experience the freedom of becoming debt-free. Are you going to smile? Debt-free. Um, and hundreds and more are helped to find employment through our job clubs or learn to live on, you know, navigate, navigate the life of living on the knife edge of poverty um, on low income through our life skills and our cap money course. Many of you yourselves may have done the cap money course. Everything cap does is about giving the church a hands-on way of loving people and connecting with people that we might not normally come into contact with. For Simon, has, as he experienced the love and generosity of Jesus through CAP and the local church, he saw his life turn 180 degrees. And that generosity actually started to overflow from him into the people around him. He went from being isolated to being a source of community and hope to his family and everybody around him, doing exactly what Jesus told us to do in Luke 14. It's the power of generosity in action. Because of one person and one church cared enough to reach out and not, it was not, not just Simon was impacted, his whole family and many other people besides were changed. We actually have no idea of the impact that our generosity can have. CAP is about ordinary people like you and me in all kinds of churches making that choice. And I wonder today, what does that choice look like for you? Perhaps you know someone like Simon and you could reach out to today. Or perhaps you're sitting there thinking that there's no one around you in this community that this could be affecting. But I tell you, from my experience, there is unmanageable debt in every community. Every community. Perhaps you have been inspired by the vision of CAP. And at the heart of this movement of Christians Against Poverty, we have over 30,000 people who give a regular monthly gift, okay? We call them life changers because, they, because their generosity is changing people's lives. Without them, none of what I've just shared would be possible. Their generosity, often um, inspired by their faith, is what drives this whole thing forward. And I am going to bluntly ask you today, could you do that? Could you join them? Would you join them? Five pounds a month on a regular giving. It'll help people like Simon get practical help, come into a community, rebuild their lives, and have the opportunity of discovering the life-changing love of Jesus. There are two ways you could give. Now, you could give by going to visitcap.org forward slash respond. And many of you will already be giving to CAP, but this is to CAP head office. 
Okay, we have this army of people I've talked about down there, and that's like a juggernaut that we have to keep going in the background. And many of you will already give to that. But what we're gonna ask you to do this morning is this other form. We're gonna ask you, rather than giving to CAP head office, of course you can do that. We would like you to support your local debt centre, the Fourth Valley Debt Centre, on a regular basis. Five pounds a month to that. Doesn't sound much to you, maybe. You can, please, you can give more if you want to. But if everybody gave just that amount, it would add up to a huge amount so that these guys can get on with the work of loving people. Scott's going to talk to Fiona in a few minutes and she's going to tell you how practically you can become directly involved. Our work is sustained through prayer. So you could join our prayer team or you could become a befriender or a chaperone. As I've said, there's lots and lots of ways of becoming involved. We are all invited to God's table. And his culture isn't that he just asks a couple of times with a couple of invitations and then he stops because that's enough. He doesn't do that. He perseveres. He pursues us and he pursues us forever. We are invited to be at his table forever. He calls us to live generously to those who can't repay us, just like he does towards us. And he asks us to use our tables to extend that same eternal invitation to the others around us. So thank you for listening. <laughs>